Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Good morning! Good morning! How are you? Oh, lovely. Just a little... We're both a little allergies today. (laughs) Uh, Disclaimers from the top. We're both a little sniffly. I have a new desk set up, so I'm hoping that the sound is okay, but we'll see. (laughs) And my cats are being needy as hell this morning. Oh, yeah. I, just constantly. Right oh, next to me. my Hello. third cup of coffee. So. <laughs> yeah. You're doing well. <laughs> How are you? I'm lovely. I also have a cutie cat next to me. Um, didn't make my coffee yet. Oh, it's no. only 940. Um, That's true. I had all the time to sleep in the world this morning, and my body woke me up at 6 and would not let me go back to sleep. I was like, ah! Yeah, I had to set an alarm, because I was like, all right, odds are, knowing me, I normally will wake up by, like, 8, 9, but knowing me, if I don't set an alarm, I'll just wake up at, like, 11.30 and be like, what? (laughs) Where does the day go? Then you're like, okay, guess I'll just not do anything today. (laughs) Perfect excuse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, happy spooky season. This is our first official episode of spooky season. I have my mug that says spooky on it <laughs> to celebrate. <laughs> A little skeleton butt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything spooky right now. Um I've piece by piece been decorating for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I started decorating at work. That was fun. But I went swimming yesterday in my cousin's pool. So it's a little conflicting with the weather. But mm-hmm. I really want it to be spooky season. I always like to start early because October is my literal favorite month. And Same. I work for like three out of the four weekends in October typically. So I like yep. to start early because <laughs> I get like no time in October. So It's always sad. <laughs> yeah. But, oh well. So, Maddie, what are we talking about for our first spooky season episode today? So, to kick the spooky season off, because we're just going to say spooky season season enough times that it just happens, um, (laughs) we are talking cryptids again. And we both picked one this week because I had one specifically I wanted to talk about, and there's, like, not a ton of information, so... Yeah, and then I picked one that had too much information. <laughs> well, first I picked one that didn't have a ton of information, and then I was like, mm, maybe I just won't do one, and it'll be a short episode. And then I was like, no, I'll I'll do the work. <laughs> That's funny. All right, I'll go first. So here in Burlington, Vermont, we have our very own local cryptid. Wee. I mentioned it briefly in our first cryptid episode, which was Mothman, because our local cryptid is probably my fave. Mm -hmm. So today, I'm going to be telling you about Champ, the lake monster of Lake Champlain. Yay! Yay! So Champ is a sea monster that lives in Lake Champlain. If you don't know about Lake Champlain, it is a 125-mile-long body of fresh water shared by New York and Vermont with a portion that extends into Quebec, Canada. 
Ooh. Yeah. Didn't know that part. There have been about 300 alleged sightings of champ throughout the years. The indigenous people that have long lived and hunted near Lake Champlain, the Abenaki and the Iroquois, both have their own legends regarding a large creature inhabiting the lake. Oh, yeah. Which was described as looking like a large horned serpent or a giant snake. <laughs> so, like, Mongolian death worm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Abenaki term for this creature is Gitsakog. Gitsakog. Ah, yeah. It's G-I-T-A-S-K-O-G. Gitaskog. Gitaskog. It, were it sounds German. Yeah. <laughs> Early in the 18th century, Abenakis warned French explorers about disturbing the waters of the lake so as to not disturb the serpent. Samuel de Champlain, whom the lake is named after, obviously, he was a big explorer guy. <laughs> And he's often erroneously credited with being the first European to sight Champ. Ooh. But readings of his accounts show that he actually saw something near the St. Lawrence River, which is not Lake Champlain. (laughs) (laughs) There is a Native American legend that's associated with Champ. So Mm -hmm. I'll read a little bit about that, and then we can get into the sightings. So, quote, a Native American princess by the name of Bullwaga lived with her tribe in what is now Big Hollow near Port Henry, New York. What is now near Port Henry, New York. She had two suitors. The spurned suitor threw her from a cliff into what is now Bullwaga Bay, where she drowned. (laughs) (laughs) Stricken with remorse and grief, the warrior picked up two large stones and threw himself into the lake. (laughs) <laughs> yeah wow, like Romeo and Juliet <laughs> the angry fates changed him into a huge sea monster destined destined to call every morning for his love <laughs> what the Native Americans hearing him called out Bulwaga every time eventually giving him that name oh I feel like she should be the one haunting it because she was the one who was wronged he's just a piece of shit yeah. I also like the idea that Champ's a girl. So. Yeah. But maybe there's a whole, like, community of Champs. Maybe. There, maybe there's not just one. It was originally thought that the first Champ sighting was way back in 1609 by Samuel de Champlain, like we said before. However, as it turns out, this is based, based on <laughs> a fake quote that was published in Vermont Life magazine in the 70s. So that's a huge bummer. They like made it up. (laughs) That's really bad journalism. I know. (laughs) Fake news. So yeah. So we're gonna call our origins the Native American legends. Yeah. They were there first anyway, so better. An eighteen nineteen report in the Plattsburgh Republican entitled Cape Ann Serpent on Lake Champlain reports a Reports Captain Crumb, who's like a, just a Captain cop. Crunch. <laughs> Captain Crunch citing an enormous serpentine monster. 
Crumb estimated the monster to have been about 187 feet long. What? Which seems very specific to me. I would not have been able to pick that measurement out of anything. I'm wondering what the credibility of this is. 1819. Is it supposed to be, like, translated from different measurements, maybe? That's all I can think of is that it was maybe in meters. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's weird. (laughs) Approximately 200 yards away from him. Despite the great distance... He claimed to have witnessed it being followed by two large sturgeon and a billfish and was able to see that it had three teeth. (laughs) Three teeth. What? (laughs) So he can see that it only has three teeth from 200 yards away? I'm calling bullshit. Sorry, Crumb. What drugs were you on that make you think (laughs) that you can see that far? (laughs) Well, like, I want that vision. (laughs) was able to see that it had three teeth and eyes the color of peeled onions. Ew. (laughs) He also described the monster as having a belt of red around its neck and a white star on its forehead. Okay. (laughs) Decoration. (laughs) What is this, Pop the Magic Dragon? (laughs) Right. All I can think of is, like, a horse with, like, a star. Also, like, (laughs) eyes the color of peeled onions so it's just like has lots of cataracts <laughs> right like white <laughs> yellow eyes like what okay. kind of onions are we talking about are they I know, like are we talking big onions are we talking like red onions because then these purple eyes are those little That's... pearl onions yeah does he have big eyes little eyes you, you really gotta be more specific he's so specific <laughs> with the number of feet away and the number of teeth but not about his eyeballs other than like Whatever. Peeled onions. Peeled onion eyeballs. No thanks. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> In 1883, Sheriff Nathan H. Mooney claimed that he had seen a water serpent about, quote, 20 rods, which was the equivalent of 110 yards in length. So, like, 330 feet in length from where he was on the shore. So, also very far away. <laughs> He claimed that he was so close that he could see round white spots inside of its mouth. Which. Bro, you just said you were over a football field away. You can't see in the inside of anything's mouth. Even the Godzilla's mouth. True. (laughs) Bro. And that, quote, the creature appeared to be about 25 to 30 feet in length, which sounds more feasible. Yeah. Mooney's sighting led to many more alleged eyewitnesses coming forward with their own accounts of Champ. The legend of Champ captured the interest of who but P.T. Barnum. Ah, good times. Yep. And in 1873 and 1887, the famous showman offered rewards for anyone that could bring him the monster. Moving on, we have, I'm going to go through a couple, like, famous accounts. Okay. And, well, like we said before, there's been around 300-ish reports of Champ. But, you know how it is. Like, I don't know if they're, like, official reports or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. In 1977, Sandra Mancy took a photograph while on vacation with her family. 
that appears to show something sticking out of the lake. The entire bay of the lake where the photograph reportedly was taken was no deeper than 14 feet. So according to Joe Nickel, it is unlikely... (laughs) Hold on one second. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Joe Nickel is an investigative... um, a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. He like does research into cryptids, and I meant to look that up before, and I forgot, so I just <laughs> had to real quick. <laughs> so according to Joe Nickel, it's unlikely that a giant creature could swim, let alone hide in such shallow water. So like fourteen feet is not deep. <laughs> no, that's like a swimming pool, like a Olympic swimming pool, the deep end. <laughs> yeah. Like, he could just be vibing out there, but probably not. It's been suggested that the object in the photograph could possibly be a rising tree trunk or log. Hmm, Makes sense, though. Especially from far away. All right. In 2005, Champ was reportedly seen on video taken by fisherman Dick Affelwater and his stepson Pete Bodet. Close examination of the images may be interpreted as either a head- and a neck of a plesiosaur-like animal, and even an open mouth in one frame and a closed mouth in the other, or as a fish or an eel. <laughs> <laughs> FBI forensic forensic image analysts who reviewed the tape said it appears authentic and unmanipulated. One of them added that there's quote no place in there that I can actually see an animal or any other object on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely shut down. Yeah. (laughs) One piece of evidence, though not a, quote, sighting, per se, is the recording of sounds from within the lake by the Fauna Communications Research Institute in 2003, working as part of a Discovery Channel program. The group described the sounds as being similar to those produced by beluga whales or dolphins. Neither of, obviously, (laughs) are known to live in Lake Champlain because it's a lake. <laughs> yeah. An article describing these sounds slash recordings has been published. I didn't read it. <laughs> I've done a lot of scientific literature reading in my life and I don't care to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, based upon appearance and, quote, mysterious alligator-like tracks found le- near Lake Champlain, Cryptozoologists Katie Elizabeth and Dennis Hall suggested in 2016 that Champ could potentially be a member of the family Crocodili, which is obviously the crocodile alligator family. Interesting. Yeah. Researcher Scott Martis explains that the tracks were likely the tracks of a large snapping turtle, which makes sense to me. Yep. And also mentions the long-nosed gar or the lake surgeon as more probable candidates for champ. Yeah. Which we'll talk about more in a second. Sturgeons are big, aren't they? Yeah, huge. (laughs) Which makes sense. So are long-nosed gar, and they look like like alligator. (laughs) Monster. (laughs) Although many people are skeptical of these sightings, Champ is now protected by law on both sides of Lake Champlain, just in case. Aww. 
1981, Port Henry, New York, declares their waters a safe haven for champ. Mm-hmm. In 1982, the state of Vermont passes a house resolution protecting champ. Good. I love Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> in 1983, in New York, both the state assembly and the state senate pass resolutions protecting champ. Oh, we love that so much. Yes. So, theories, like we said, the long-nosed gar or the lake surgeon. I wrote in parentheses, big-ass fish. (laughs) (laughs) They are. They're huge. Or the other common theories are tree trunk or giant stick in the water from far away. Which, I've spent quite a bit of time on the lake, and it's... There's all sorts of shit floating through there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just such, it's 125 miles long. Yeah. It's like mostly wooded on both sides. So stuff gets (laughs) blown in there. Yeah. But I would love to believe in, of course I believe in Champ. But there are lots of arguments that (laughs) maybe suggest that (laughs) it's not the most valid. (laughs) Yeah. Next, we get to, or lastly, we get to talk about culture and cultural importance. The Champ legend has become a revenue-generating attraction, as expected. Mm-hmm. For example, the village of Port Henry, New York, has erected a giant model of Champ <laughs> and holds a Champ Day on the first Saturday of every August, oh. which I did not know was a thing. And next year, I'm definitely going to go. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> As the mascot of Vermont's baseball team, the Vermont Lake Monsters, Champ became more prominent after the team was renamed from the Vermont Expos to the Vermont Lake Monsters following the 2005 season. (laughs) I mean, that's a big move. I would much rather go see the Vermont Lake Monsters play than the Vermont Expos. Um, The Champ mascot is so cute. Champ has been the primary attraction of the former minor league baseball team since their inception and continues to serve as the Futures Collegiate Baseball Team's mascot. So the Lake Monsters isn't minor league anymore, but they're like a Futures college team. Ah, okay. But it's they're still the Lake Monsters. But so this mascot version of Champ appears as a special guest at various charitable and other functions throughout Vermont. Several nearby establishments, including a car wash, use images of Champ as a logo. Oh, we love that. Yep, I've met Champ, the mascot. Oh! <laughs> Pretty cute. Met a oh, and I linked to this article because I thought it was, I stumbled upon it in my research and it made me laugh. It's from the Lake Champlain Region Adirondacks website. And it mm-hmm. says, State and federal money secured to confirm confirm existence of CHAMP. And it's like this whole article about how they secured funds and grants to study CHAMP. Oh. And it was an April Fool's article, but Damn it. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, oh. and that's CHAMP, my local sea monster. Well, thank you. We love him or her. Her. We love her. Them. Yeah. Alrighty, pals. Right. So, Vermont was very fun. Thank you, Morgan. What can I say? Had a great trip. (laughs) (laughs) But now, we're going to take a quick little journey down to hell for my cryptid. Oh, 
That's the best. Yeah. So I chose the Hellhound as my did this week. So quick note, Hellhounds also include the Black Dog cryptid. Um, let me just say that the Black Dogs go so fucking deep in all forms of, like, folklore, mythology, and, like, everything. Like, Harry Potter has a whole ton of bl- these Black Dogs in it, too. Like, there's just so many reports of them, so... I didn't go too into detail. What's going on outside? My cats are, like, slow motion wrestling. Like, it literally looks like slow motion. Like, they're like... (laughs) But anyway, Hellhound. But, yes, so Hellhound. not the same as Black Dog. So they're... So Black Dogs fall under Hellhounds. Okay. It's kind of like the rectangle and a square type of thing. Not all black dogs are hellhounds and whatever, but yeah. Just about to say that. (laughs) Yes. So, a hellhound is described as a large dog between the size of a mastiff and a bear or small horse. So, (laughs) love that. Not me just picturing a bear with, like, big legs. (laughs) With, like, big horse legs. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I'm going to look up the picture. And it also has glowing red or green eyes and wow. is usually black. I think there's one Native American tale where the dog is occasionally white. But I didn't cover that one. Uh, the heads of these creatures vary depending on the region's lore, but I'll get to that in a bit. If you see a hellhound, it likely means that you are going to die within the next year. Right. And if you see a hellhound three times, it means that you are going to die very soon. Oh, no. <laughs> three is a magic number. A.K.A. why every night I wake up at three o'clock. Stop it. That's just because you're haunted. <laughs> I swear I brought my ghost from my last house to this house. <laughs> no, it's just because you always have to pee. Um, <laughs> very small bladder. <laughs> very <Yep>. hydrated. <laughs> so, um, also, it's not just if you see it three times, that's when you're going to die. It's if you see it three or more times. So some people have seen this, the hellhounds, more than three times, which just means, like, they must probably die, like, a traumatic death if you see it more than three. Yeah. Or, like the next day (laughs) yeah it it kills you the next day basically (laughs) all right hellhound is typically considered to be a bad omen especially in english lore in english lore the hellhound is known as the black dog but they also have a ton of other names literally depending on which like town or village they were in from the black dog's folklore wikipedia page quote the black dog is a supernatural spectral or demonic entity from english folklore it is usually unnaturally large with glowing red or yellow eyes it is often connected with the devil and sometimes an omen of death it is sometimes associated with electrical storms such as black shucks appearance at bungay suffolk yeah also the uk you guys got real fucking weird names out there um, no, we thought Massachusetts was bad. 
<laughs> and Massachusetts is just a mix of England and Native American. So, <laughs> and also with Crossroads, Barrows, which is the name of a fairy type hound, which I didn't get into, but just because what I saw that and that was way too much for me to dive deep into that one. Um, just say about that one. Yeah. They're also associated with places of execution and ancient pathways. Black dogs are generally regarded as sinister or malevolent, and few are said to be directly harmful. Some black dogs, however, such as the Gert dog in Somerset, are said to behave benevolently as guardian black dogs, guiding travelers at night onto the right path or protecting them from danger. So now it's like, all right. When you see a black dog at night, do I run the other direction and, like, fear for my life? Or do I just hope that it takes me to a safe place? Just give it some head scratches. Yeah, hope for the best that way. So, a hellhound or black dog, referred to as the Black Shuck, was seen in 1577, attacking and killing two people in a church in Bungay. That's rude. Yeah, they, uh, this is why they're considered to be messengers or workers of the devil is because they randomly will just, like, appear in churches. Um, so there's been a few accounts of them just appearing in churches in Europe. So in 1577, it was seen at, and killed two people in a church in Bungay. And then that same day, it was seen in a church in a village of Blytheburg where it killed two or three more people and left claw marks on the floor that you can apparently still see today. Euro trip. Yeah. European tour. Yes. Oh my God. Everything in Europe's haunted. That's true. <laughs> that would be a long ass tour. Cause literally everything has a creepy story associated. With it. Oh yeah. It's so old over there. Mm hmm. The Black Shuck has also been reported to have appeared in a church killing two people, causing the steeple to collapse, and also leaving scorch marks on the ground. Oh. Yeah. As you can probably assume, this hellhound is not a great omen and usually represents death. Um, and fun fact, Shuck is thought to be um, from a word meaning shaggy, so... It is just the shaggy dog. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Yeah. With Tim <laughs> he turns into a sheepdog. <laughs> yeah. so, you just unlocked a memory. <laughs> there are examples of black dogs in other countries outside of Great Britain, but hellhounds are typically seen as escorts or gatekeepers of hell. The black dog folklore may have been brought to America or at least to New England by colonizers, because there is Native American lore, but the Native American lore around hellhounds is different than the New England lore around black dogs. It's weird. In Connecticut, there are stories of a small black dog, so not a big black dog. So that's even scarier now, because it's like normal-sized dog. Black chihuahua. <laughs> Most terrifying. Neighbors, <laughs> fluffy bat, black Pomeranian. <laughs> Hellhound. <laughs> yep. So it's stories of a small black dog haunting the hanging mills in 
Meridian, Connecticut, which I really wanted there to be like some spooky past why it's called Hanging Hills, but I didn't find any. But it looks like a very nice recreational area. Um, there's an old dilapidated castle there, too. It's the best. Yeah. But legend has it, seeing the dog once will bring you joy. Seeing it twice is a bad omen. And seeing the dog third time, basically you're dead. Big yikes. Yeah, so there's been around six deaths that have been attributed to seeing the black dog for a third time since, like, the 1500s, since colonists came to America. I almost said Americans came to America. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But in 1891, geologists W.H.C. Pinchon and Herbert Marshall were collecting geological data in the Hanging Hills in February, which is, like, maybe pick a summer month. Um, (laughs) Especially back when we had real winters. Yeah. And so they see a small black dog. This was Pinchon's second time seeing the dog and Marshall's third time seeing the dog. Uh-oh. And shortly after seeing the dog, Marshall slipped on some ice on a cliff and fell to his death. Oh, shit. Yeah. That ruins your expedition for sure. Yeah, so that wasn't, like, they probably didn't get too much geological data. The next New England black dog slash hellhound story is from the Bridgewater Triangle in Southern Mass. Not to be confused with the Bennington Triangle that we talked about previously. Yes, so there are a bunch of different triangles. And Bennington Triangle is the one that Morgan covered in the Long Trail episode. And the Bridgewater Triangle has a whole lot of crazy stuff going on in it. Um, I know Morbid, the podcast, has done at least one episode on the Bridgewater Triangle. And... M from And That's Why We Drink has covered Pudgewudgies, which are a different cryptid that live in the Bridgewater Triangle. Yes. I thought about doing for this one, but (laughs) they are scary. You'll have to do a whole Bridgewater Triangle episode because it's kind of a can of worms. There's like a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. There's so much stuff going on over there. But... In the 70s, the town of Abington, Mass., was terrorized by what was reported to be a very large black dog. Um, There wasn't a ton of information on how this dog terrorized the town, but the town was terrorized. (laughs) Um, A fireman did witness this beast attacking some horses, which is just kind of rude. Excuse me? (laughs) And a policeman reportedly shot at the dog because they saw it on some train tracks. The dog straight up had no reaction to being shot and just walked away, never to be seen again. Rabies. Yeah. Apparently truck drivers in America also have some lore about seeing a big black dog with red eyes and their peripheral vision. It is said that seeing a black dog that mean basically means you're gonna get in a fatal crash very soon. And it's just a general bad omen. So if they see a black dog, truck drivers are basically told to immediately pull over to prevent this fatal crash. 
and it is basically thought that this is just them like kind of like getting drowsy like kind of started to nod off and they're just seeing black dots in their peripheral vision and so that's just kind of I know that like obviously I'm not a truck driver but (laughs) um I have been driving before when I'm so tired that I start to hallucinate oh yeah so and I would see like animals cross the road that weren't there so that's not out of the realm of possibility. Or, like, I mean, if you've ever seen an animal while driving at night, the eye shine can come across as green or red or yellow. So, Oh, yeah. Not yeah. trying to discredit, but there's... Oh, ex- no. That was what I was doing, was saying that <laughs> it's them getting drowsy is probably yeah, exactly. why. It doesn't mean that you're about to get into a terrible crash. Moving out of the black dog territory... In Greek mythology, the hellhound is known as Cerberus. Oh, I was going to ask about that. I'm glad I didn't, because we're there. Yeah. So that's what I meant when I talked about different heads. So Cerberus is a three-headed dog. Um, And then also, I guess there's some lore where the dog is headless. I didn't read much about that. That wasn't in the Greek mythology or anything else but it was weird how and just... do you even call how do you even know if it's a dog if it doesn't have a head like i guess it's just like looks like a big dog but i don't know sounds weird so cerberus is a three-headed dog with a serpent tail um in greek mythology and also apparently has a lot of snakes coming out of his back or something sounds terrible mm. So, technically, according to one source I was reading, Cerberus is actually a 50-headed dog because of all the snakes. Jeez. (laughs) That's aggressive. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's too many. Um, Ooh, that's too many. (laughs) Just like spiders and there are too many eyes. Um, (laughs) Many, many. Cerberus is referred to as the watchdog of the underworld by Britannica.com. Keeping the dead in hell by killing anyone that tries to escape. Like, just eating them, and I guess they go back to living their life in hell. Yum, yum, a snack. Yep, and keeps the living from entering. Um, In one tale, Orpheus was able to get past Cerberus by charming him to sleep with music, just like they did in Harry Potter. And then I said, what the fuck, J.K. Rowling, make up your own shit, you twat. (laughs) <laughs> if you don't know J.K. Rowling is a terrible fucking person which sucks real bad because like yeah. that's what we grew up on yeah it makes me really sad but I just um refuse to support her and I still support Harry Potter the character <laughs> so in 856 France Oh, way, way back. Oh, yeah. A black dog materialized into a church even though the doors were closed. Quote, the church grew dark as it padded up and down the aisles as if looking for someone. The dog then vanished as suddenly as it had appeared. So in Normandy, the dog is known as Rungjordos and it (laughs) wanders, wanders the streets 
on winter nights as a phantom dog gnawing on bones and dragging chains along with it. Metal. Yeah, very metal. And in some areas of France, there are stories of a ghost ship that is crewed by the souls of criminals with hellhounds set to guard them and <laughs> inflict on them thousand, a thousand tortures. All I can think of is a ghost ship that's just run by dogs. <laughs> I'm thinking of like a ghost ship from, there's like one episode of Scooby-Doo where there's a ghost ship. Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that and then like go, then like these Scooby-Doo's just like barking at them and keeping them inside the boat. Just a million Scooby-Doo's. <laughs> so yeah, that is essentially hellhounds and black dogs. There is so much more that like sightings and reports in every different country and like section of countries has their own little freaking black dog and hellhound lore yeah. so we could yeah. do a whole podcast like separate podcast series oh, on yeah <laughs> it was one of those things where i was like m from and that's why we drink hasn't covered it yet so you know it's a big one that's true they cover and- a lot of big and, ones. Yeah. My parents have two black dogs. They're cute. <laughs> big babies. So now I'm just going to tell you um, a few of the funky different names for black dogs because there's a zillion. So there's Black Shuck, which we just talked about earlier. Uh, Harry Jack. <laughs> Bargust. Bodu. Church Grim. Grim. Padfoot. Barghest. Capel White, Dando's Dogs, or the Devil's Dandy Dogs. <laughs> the Devil's Dandy Dogs. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Freyberg, Gabriel Hounds, Guardian Black Dogs, Gert Dog, Guy Trash, Madi Doe. <laughs> Guy Trash? Yeah. Striker and Thrash, Tico, Yes Hound and Wished Hounds, Fairy Hounds, and I think that is all. And then there's also Black Dog of, and then insert 17 different towns. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think that is all I have on Black Dogs. And well, thank you. That was yeah, amazing. there's other there in pop culture. There's a thousand different references of Black Dogs that are spooky and creepy and even multiple times throughout Harry Potter. So I don't know, man. I like black dogs as dogs, but when it's a big black dog, that's going to drag me to hell. I don't think I want it. Yeah, if there's snakes coming out of it, maybe just keep walking. Yeah. If its eyes are glowing red and it's the size of a horse. (laughs) Or if it's a chihuahua, (laughs) stay away. Yeah, if a small black yippy dog comes running at you, maybe run the other side. <laughs> gotta watch out for. <laughs> a Pomeranian almost attacked me at UNH once, so it's fine. Oh no. Yeah. Well, thank you. I hope you all enjoyed our first spooky season episode. And please go listen to our, our Dolly episode from last week. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's only available on Spotify and Anchor, therefore nobody listened to it except for like six of you, so it's worth it, I promise. Yeah, it's really annoying Um, when I added the music bits, it apparently decided that it was only going to be able to be published on Spotify. Um, You can listen to it for free on Spotify, you just have to go to Spotify. Or even Anchor. Like, you can just do it through a web browser, too. You don't have, yeah, even have the app. To our Anchor pages in our Instagram bio, it's everywhere. So, yep. It's worth it. We're really proud of that episode. So, we want you to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. So, go listen to that on Spotify and Anchor. But we're also available for all of our other episodes on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, we're on. I think I got it. Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public. There's another one I can't remember. There's like Amazon. Amazon, Google Podcasts. Too many. Anywhere. Anywhere you want us, you can find us. Call us, beep us. You gotta reach us. Yeah. And we are taking suggestions for spooky season episodes. So hit us up. Yes, I already have two that I'm in the process of doing. I haven't started any yet, but I'm going to. Well, I started one before you asked me to um, also do a cryptid, and that was just, like, one that I had been thinking about for a while, and I was like, oh, spooky season, I might as well start, like, just at least doing, like, some things, like, picking up some info for it, and then um, next week's episode is going to be very fun, and I'll tell you all about that one then, because... Yeah! woo And, as you know the deal... Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. Start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye!